0: Hello everyone, welcome to Talking Logistics where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome to today's program, Cindy Hain, who's Vice President of Product Management at Alimica where she focuses on the logistics uh, uh, solutions at, 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 there, at, the, at the company. And today we're gonna talk about supply chain visibility, lessons learned and future opportunities. Now, achieving end-to-end supply chain visibility has always been a top priority for uh, executives in the industry. But it has also been a you know a challenge uh, for many companies to achieve because you know supply chain networks, technologies, processes are constantly changing. Um, so you know what has um, you know where are we today with supply chain visibility? Uh, what are some what have been some of the lessons learned over the years? And how are advancements in technologies helping to you know move the needle forward, if you will, in this whole area? Well, that's going to be some of the questions and topics we're going to discuss in today's episode. And it's great to welcome Cindy back to the program who's on the front lines of this every day with, with uh, both on the technology front as well as working with clients in this. So, uh, you know, to share her, you know, perspective and advice on this topic. So, Cindy, welcome to, back to the program.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Uh, now, uh, Cindy,
0: like I said, you know, supply chain visibility, you know, I've been an industry analyst now for, you know, over 19 years. And certainly when I started 19 years ago, it was top of mind for executives. You talk to executives today, it's still top of mind. Um, so, so it's something that's, uh, you know, perennially, you know, uh, uh, a topic that that's high on the list. Uh, but what's driving demand for it today? Is, is it different than a few years ago? And especially how does it kind of fit into kind of some of those other buzz terms and, and topics we're talking about today, like, you know, the digital supply chain and industry 4.0 and things like that?
1: Right. You know, I feel like we've been talking about supply chain visibility for so long, Um, But, you know, one of the things I think is different about the conversation now is where before we were talking about um, mostly event management and alerting solutions and those solutions where you'd fork truck your data into, you know, this event management type of solution and and, uh, and use that to try to drive proactive alerts and things. Um, What those solutions kind of failed to do is kind of they weren't very robust to the underlying data. So, it would generate, they would generate lots of false alerts or not generate alerts when, uh, that were important. So, companies kind of got disillusioned with those solutions and turned them off. Um, so, what I think is different about the conversation now is that now we're talking about the underlying data because now there are all these additional technologies that will allow us to get data in real time to, and so if we can... If we can collect this data that's, um, you know, from this, these new Internet of Things and smart uh, devices and we can harness that data, now we can maybe finally realize the uh, the true value of these supply chain visibility solutions that we've been talking about for a long time.
0: You know, that, that's a great point. I mean, I think if you went back to, you know, the early 2000s, I mean, there was a whole class of software vendors that came to market startups that were all just visibility and event management, you know, solution providers. And I think building off of what you just said, I mean, a lot of them, you know, fell by the wayside because of uh, the data quality issue problem, number one. And, and number two, it was, um, you know, gathering and, and collecting that data was, was, was a problem, right? So it was, it was not really just so much a, uh, a software solution. Uh, you really needed that underlying B2B connectivity, you right. know, uh, approach and processes. And, and that was missing, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, certainly, you know, 15, 20 years ago um and and i think to your point i think that's that's becoming part of the focus today right
1: definitely yes
0: so let's 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 talk about some of the other uh kind of lessons learned i mean you've been on the front lines uh, of this for for, you know for some time now working with clients in this area i mean what have been some of the you know the lessons learned uh, over the years
1: well you know i could i think i could put all of my lessons learned into the category of data quality and you, you just mentioned that as well but i think of data quality as having several dimensions. So, is the data even available? If it's available, is it usable? Is it timely? Is it accurate? So, if we just focus on the available piece, um, you know, I've still got, uh, there's so many companies out there who, uh, when they're looking at automating a process, they still only end up automating their top 20% of their partners. So, they're really leaving a significant chunk of their business uh, without a, a digital record, right? And so one of the things that, uh, that is the reasons for that is that historically, having doing B2B integration for, uh, you know, has been expensive. And so how do we reduce the cost of, of that integration? And I think the, the one key to that is to open up to other technologies, to other integration, you know, technologies and uh, methods, so that you can start to address that more of that long tail of your customers. So, so data quality in general, uh, you know, is it is the data available? I think is one is one huge area. Um, but but the other thing that I think is interesting about some of the the smart devices um, and the some of these new new technologies is the usable and timely piece. So certainly, if I if I'm getting data from a from a smart device, that's going to be very timely, right? But if you think about you know, I think about this and I kind of envision these huge streams of data just flowing in from all of these devices. And so it, it creates the new challenge of how do I make that usable? And so you've got to think about, um, you've got to correlate all of this streaming data to something that's in, that's the, that is in your a system somewhere, something that you can trace back to an, or a customer order or a shipment. Um, and so I think that brings its new challenge: is um, You know, I've now got timely data, but how do I make sure it's usable?
0: You know, you you mentioned a lot there, yeah, you know, a lot there to unpack. But I, but but I like some of the things you talked about. You know, the, the first thing is, you uh, know, something I've talked about as well is kind of the the eighty twenty rule, is mm-hmm. that you know, because of the, the 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 cost factor and the and the the the, the labor intensive nature of connecting trading partners, you know, a lot of companies historically only really focused on those twenty percent of trading partners that accounted for you know eighty percent of their transactions. But you know, the reality is that then they had a lot of blind spots in, in their supply chain. And today there's kind of, um, you know, there's bigger push uh, toward, you know, how do we, how do we get to that long tail, right? And get connected to those. So I think that's something that's new and different and, and that, that's happening, you know, today. And um, uh, so I think that's something that I think certainly technology is, is, is helping in, in that area as well. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, how technology might be helping to, you know, bring in, you know, that long tail of supply chain partners and, yeah you, you talked about uh, you know timeliness of data uh, as well you know certainly edi was kind of the the primary form that people used to try to connect with particularly with those large trading partners um you, you know certainly edi is not going anywhere but that's certainly not the road forward either uh, so so what were your thoughts there
1: yeah absolutely um you know so one of the things that you you know that alimica we're a supply chain operating network a business network so i think having a network solution is one of the ways that you can start to address that long tail. Um, Cause as you know, you know, the promise of a network solution is uh, you connect to the network and now you've got access to every other participant in the network, as long as you follow the rules for how to connect to the network. So that's always been that connect once connect to all model has been very important to companies like, uh, like Alimica. Um, so that really hasn't changed. What, what I think has changed is the, enabling technologies that companies like Alemica can use to start to relax those rules for how to connect, right? So, you know, where it used to be, well, the rule for connecting is you must use this EDIFACT version 96A, blah, 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 whatever. And uh, now we can, you know, because of the advancements in technologies, we can really open that up and say, well, you know, can you send it to us this way or do you have your API? We'll call that or, if you want to call our API, we can give you that. Or if, you know, if your technology, uh, if your technology um, challenged, then here's a portal or even uh, an email solution. So, um, so I think that's one thing that's different. The concept's the same, but the, the ability to add some based on some of these new approaches and new technologies has really enabled us to kind of soften the rules for how to participate in the network.
0: Right. I mean, I think the, the reality is that there's no one-size-fits-all approach to, you know, connecting, you know, trading partners. And I know you recently, I know we, we covered it on, on Talking Logistics in, in our news, uh, you know, announced uh, an email, what I would call like a kind of a smart email uh, solution for, for connecting with, uh, you know, some of the trading partners uh, as another approach, right? So for those that want EDI and have EDI, uh, that, that's one approach. But, you know, particularly if you've got, you know, smaller trading partners overseas, um, you know, that might be less frequent, uh, transaction, something like a smart email is what I would call it, uh, approach that, that can help digitize and bring them onto the network. I That's think it, it, it's a good approach too.
1: Yep. yeah, And we're doing some, uh, some interesting things like, um, allowing our, our participants to brand those emails so that it goes out with their logo on it. So it kind of drives the adoption from their, um, from their par- partners, um, really kind of and all, all, almost kind of, um. Fools them into using a portal as well, so it kind of gives them that uh, the email uh, when they need it they respond to it when they get it they um you know it's most the simplest and and probably most convenient way for for some of those um smaller partners to participate
0: right so my my, my takeaway is always you know it it is is making sure you have a diver a diverse set of uh, approaches that you're gonna you know connect to and um because the reality is that that's the the, the way the uh uh, the trading partner network uh, kind of looks at it as well. Um, you know, so uh, you, you, know, you talked about supply chain operating networks. I mean, I've been, I've been a, a, a big proponent of, of the model for a long time uh, as a more kind of scalable and effective way to co- connect, communicate, collaborate with, uh, with trading partners. I mean, once you've got, you know, that um, community built, that network built um, you, you know, obviously then you want to be able to uh, you know, be able to execute business processes uh, on top of that, you know, especially new ones. Can can you give some examples of kind of some of the business processes that are being enabled on top of that foundation?
1: Yep. So, so what you said is absolutely correct. First, you have to establish the digital record. So you've got to get the, the transactions electronically in the network. Um, But then that does open up to some of those higher order types of collaborative solutions around uh, booking or inventory or even cost management. So one example might be um, collaborating with your carriers for booking, pickup appointments, or delivery appointments. So uh, you you know what your operational constraints are. They know what their operational constraints are. Those are modeled in the network, and uh, so you can collaborate and really optimize both sides of the of the equation. And that's really where the power of a network starts to come into play because. Um, you know, both sides benefit and that and therefore driving more adoption and more value for all of the participants.
0: Right, right. So, I mean, when you look across, um, you know, the d- different companies that that you work with and and particularly those that you feel are kind of leading the way, particularly with, with supply chain visibility, I mean, what have been some of the, the key benefits that they've been achieving?
1: hmm. You know, I think that kind of falls into two groups. Um, Some of my customers, when they undertake a project like uh, for supply chain visibility, they really want to quantify what the value is. And uh, we usually end up helping them and and it kind of goes back to the efficiency of their customer service or their transport planner so that. They can handle more customers, more orders, more shipments. And so, um, which is really, you know, goes back to the value of the automation itself, right? So just reducing manual activities, reducing the amount of time they're spending, tracking shipments, tracking uh, and and addressing customer requests for where's my stuff. Um, But, you know, more and more what we're seeing is uh, some of those forward-leaning companies are really doing it to improve customer service. So they've recognized that if they can... um, you know, harness all this data and, and, uh, and manage more effectively, then they're providing their customers with um, a, a more reliable experience. They're able to be more agile and then really increasing the transparency. So all of this is, is kind of boosting their customer service uh, levels and, um, and ultimately, you know, helping them become, uh, create more loyalty with their customers.
0: Yeah, that's a great point because, I mean, one of the things that uh, I've been, you know, seeing over the past, I would say two or three years, you know, and part of this falls under the whole Amazon effect, you know, discussion that people talk Mm -hmm. about. But I know that, you know, if if I, if I, if I interviewed folks, particularly logistics and say, you know, do do you view logistics as a, as a cost center or as a competitive weapon? Um, You know, 10 years ago, you know, the vast majority of people would have said, you know, as a cost center and the focus is really going to be on how can we invest in things that are going to help us to reduce costs? Now, cost management is always going to be, you know, important, but more and more today, uh, companies are saying, you know, we're we're using it more as a competitive weapon. Specifically, you know, we're looking to compete on service on that service, you know, dimension because that's going to be the one that we're going to, you know, differentiate ourselves the most on. Because right now, there's a lot of, you know, price or cost parity, you know, in certain industries. So the way that we can differentiate is to say, hey, you know, if our customers now want. Smaller shipments more frequent shipments if they want to be able to get proactive alerts in terms of when something's going to arrive and and Have and have that time be reliable and updated and so forth uh, We're more likely to get the business or retain that business or grow that customer than someone that's not able To compete on that service side. So I I see that as you know certainly one of those those areas that's becoming more and more built into the value proposition
1: of these solutions, right? Right and it's um and it's not so much about, again, it's efficiency gains, but it's not so much about reducing headcount. It's about how can we improve the quality of the communication that we have with our customers? What are some of the other value-added services we can start offering because we're not spending time tracking down data? So, um, so yeah, very few of the, uh, in my observation, has it ever meant kind of a headcount reduction. It's been how can we use the improved efficiency to provide a higher quality Uh, experience to our customers.
0: Right. Right. And I think that ties into, I mean, once you have that foundation built with the data, the data quality, getting the trading partners connected Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, the visibility aspect of it is really the stepping stone, if you will, to another topic that it's getting a lot of buzz today is, you know, having these predictive, you know, capabilities, and this is where BI and analytics and machine learning and all that is starting to play a role in, but you really need to have, all the things that we've talked about in place already before you okay. can truly
1: you
0: know, uh, uh, fully leverage those emerging technologies
1: that's absolutely right, yeah
0: so uh, Cindy, you know we're kind of short on time here, so I'm just going to go right to my last question. I mean as a way to wrap up, I mean what questions should you know supply chain executives ask themselves to assess whether their visibility capabilities are ahead of the curve or behind the curve and and kind of what action should they take to kind of continue to make progress in this area
1: yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the things I would say is that the advice I would give is you have people in your organization who've probably been working on B2B integration for years. Right. So, you know, you've got the access to the resources that can let you know how to make a project successful or not, because there are some, you know, so there's some some complexities, complexities about any kind of integration project. Um, as far as a scorecard though I think or, or how to uh, assess your performance, I think just starting with what percent of your orders, what percent of your customers, what percent of your um, shipments have you automated right what percent have you have you established that digital record for, and then um, you know starting there to figure out where you want to want to proceed um, the biggest word of caution i would I would have for anybody starting this program is you have more variability in your processes than you think, right? So find one that is the most homogenous to start with, but recognize that, you know, when you start to scale, you're going to have to realize that uh, Europe does it a little differently and they don't put the data in the same place in your ERP system, which is going to mean the thing is going to look different when it comes to the network, et cetera, et cetera. So you have more variability than you expect, uh, than you probably think. And so plan for that.
0: Yeah, that's great. That, that's a great point. Well, I think that's a great way to uh, you know, think about this and, and approach this. Well, Cindy, like I always say at the end of all our episodes, you know, we always just manage to scratch the surface on, on these topics. But I, I think we, we, we hit some highlights and, and uh, you know, provide some good perspective in terms of where, where we are today with supply chain visibility and, and kind of what, what it takes to build that strong foundation so that we can get to and truly deliver on some of these more emerging technologies and, and future opportunities that, that are ahead of us. So again, thank you for making the time to be with us today.
1: Very good, yes, it's been a very exciting time for, uh, for the integration world and the digitization world, so we're having a great time.
0: Yeah, and you know the thing I always say about this industry, there's never a dull moment, so I'm sure that we can you know, come <laughs> back you know, a few months from now and we'll have something completely new to talk about within that, this topic. Um, so thank you uh, to all of you who joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand on the Alemica website or on the Talking Logistics website and you've got a question or a comment for Cindy, you can post it there. And I'm sure she'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you all and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.
1: Thanks, guys.